welcome to the Youngans Podcast. My name is David Eagle, and this week we're in the company of Bob Fox. It's not the usual podcast this week, not that any Youngans Podcast can be described as the usual, but we don't have any features or anything like that this week. We've got a Bob Fox-themed Youngans Podcast, which includes an interview that we did with Bob Fox at B-Dale Acoustic Festival. He'll also be playing two songs for us live for the Youngans Podcast, and we'll be chatting to him about playing the Songman in War Horse. We'll be talking about the folk ballads and TV. Interspersed throughout that are some clips from Youngin's gigs that are Bob Fox themed. So, as I say, it's a Bob Fox themed Youngin's podcast for this week. Whether you're a fan of Bob Fox or whether you, you maybe don't even know who he is, I'm sure most of you will, but regardless, you're in for an absolute treat. So please do stick with us for the next 40 minutes or so. Introduction to Bob Fox for anyone who may not know. Many times he's been nominated for a BBC Radio 2 Folk Awards. He's uh, participated in all of the modern day BBC Radio 2 Folk Ballads. And he's playing the songman in the critically acclaimed award-winning theatrical interpretation of Michael Morpurgo's novel War Horse. It's truly an honour to bring to the Youngins podcast, Bob Fox, and we start with part one of our Bob Fox interview. Hello, Mr. Bob Fox. Hello, Mr. Uh, Youngins. Hi. Uh, <laughs> you're a good you're a set of Youngins, you? We don't have individual names. I know, so they Collectively, the Youngins. I know. Well, this is absolutely brilliant. So we've got you here at the Beedale uh, Fork Festival. We're going to have a couple of tracks, and we're going to talk to you about... Uh, Warhorse. Okay. Maybe a little bit about the ballad. Who knows? But that's a bit old hat now, isn't it? Like that's, well, two thousand and six. Yeah. The, the, that was that was that was when the first of the new ones were done in two thousand six. But there has been some since then as well. There was the uh, the ballads of the Olympics. Which oh, was yeah. was it last year or the year before? God, time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> was it last year? And there was the ballad of the there was a one off that was the ballad of the miners' strike. As well. So you're involved in those as well? All of them, yeah. The, the truth is that the reason that they wanted me on the radio ballads and they involved me on the radio ballads was because both John Tams and Jez Lowe wrote loads and loads of songs and they didn't want them to be um, over uh, um, over John Tamd and over, over mm. Jez Lowe, you know. So I got to sing some of John's songs and some of Jez's songs. So whose song are you going to steal first for us then, <laughs> Well, actually, I was just thinking... Um, of doing something that was uh, a Ewan McCall song because it's my one of my very favourite songs and it's funny you know you're calling yourselves a youngins because um, I was always a youngin a long time ago we were all youngins you know me and Stu Luckley were the youngins yeah. um, back in the uh, in the 70s and me and Tom McConville but one of the very first things that I um, did was to listen to the original radio ballads that'll be a surprise um, the, the original ones written by Ewan McCall and I got into Ewan McCall a, a lot because once I'd been through all the traditional songs um, and learned loads and loads of traditional songs I then found these songs by Ewan McCall that were like traditional songs um, and I learned this one because uh, it was um, it was about something that I did once when I was um, well I didn't do it once I did it for about a year when I was resting between engagements I was very fortunate when I was younger I got a thing called um, an HGV class 3 and that's a driving license to drive lorries the smallest of the big lorries so when my singing work dried up round about the kind of middle of the 80s and I wonder why that was um, I got a job as a, a lorry driver for a year which was fantastic because it was almost exactly like what I was doing except I didn't have to sing when I got there <laughs> so when I found uh, so when I found Ewan McCall's song about lorry drivers it, it instantly took my fancy and this is it it's called Champion of Keeping Them Rolling 
Oppenheimer Travel the road and I sit in me cab I lumber me load The hotel's the jungle The cap's me boat And I'm well known to Mary and Blondie Me liquor is diesel oil laced with strong tea The old highway code was me first ABC I cut me eye teeth on an old AC And I'm champion and keeping them rolling You can sing it if you like And I'm champion and keeping them rolling And again And I'm champion and keeping them rolling Sat in the cab, I've been broiled in the sun I've been snowed up in sharp on the Manchester run I've crawled through the fog with me 22 tonne of fish Stinking like blazes From London and Glasgow to the Newcastle Quay From Liverpool and Preston to Bristol City All the lads on the road give a thumb sign to me Cause I'm champion and keeping them rolling And I'm champion and keeping them rolling And I'm champion and keeping them rolling Now you can talk of your soldiers, your sailors so bold But there's many and many a hero untold Sat in the cab through the frost and the snow Day after day without sleeping So it's watch out for cops and slow down in the bends Keep an eye on your gauges, boys, and watch your big ends And zig with your lights when you pass your old friends And you'll be champion and keeping them rolling You'll be champion and keeping them rolling You'll be champion and keeping them rolling I am an old timer I travel the road and I sit in me cab I lumber me load The hotel's the jungle The cab's me aboard And I'm well known to Mary and Blondie Well, my liquor is diesel oil laced with strong tea The old highway code was me first ABC Cut me eye teeth on an old AC And I'm champion at keeping them rolling And I'm champion at keeping them rolling And I'm champion at keeping them rolling Yes, I'm champion at keeping them rolling Excellent. More music and chat still to come from Bob. Let's go to Chippenham Folk Festival and join myself, Mr. Sean Cooney and Michael Hughes, a.k.a. The Young'uns, for some Bob Fox-themed conversation. I wonder how Bob Fox is getting on at the Conservative Club. That should be interesting. We should have a live link-up. I must tell you, me and my partner and some friends went to... uh, Went to see him in, in Warhorse a couple of months ago, and uh, my partner's visually impaired, and so we we booked on the uh, the, the touch tour and we went backstage beforehand. And you never seen anything like it. We got there, and it's a massive stage in Warhorse, and it's there's like 50 guide dogs on the stage, and everyone's walking around, and 
and uh, Bob showing people where he's standing and telling them about the songs. And you can actually go up and, and touch the, the horses. And if you've seen them, there's just incredible puppetry involved in walking. I was Bob said, just, you know, I have a feel of this, sir. It's, uh, it's beautiful. It's just so, you know, realistic. And this, this guy, this guy said, oh, yes, it's, it's very realistic. It's, it's even got a wet nose. And Bob said, no, that's a guide dog. <laughs> Can we just clarify for the record? Because you, you kept saying my visually impaired partner. It's not oh, me. No, I said it instead. No, you said it two or three times. I was like, <laughs> just giving people work. Yeah, he's jealous. No, no, just <laughs> want to make sure that people realise this, you know. Right. Well, now, now you made them think that my partner is a man, but not <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, as well. He might be. Um, he might be. <laughs> This is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is quite interesting. I just say I've never felt so uncomfortable standing in the middle. You've never been in a Bob Fox uh, dressing room being felt by 50 blind people, Michael. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's good. got a wet nose, that's not me nose. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how Bob Fox is getting on that conservative club. I might want to go and find out. Yeah. It gets worse for me, I don't know. Well, I'm not sure about noses being wet, but one thing that is wet is my appetite for more music and chat with Bob Fox. And with that cringeworthy link, let's return to our Bob Fox interview. So, Bob, Warhorse. Who's uh, Warhorse? Warhorse. Warhorse. It's quite a good Geordie uh, name for you, actually, isn't it? It is Warhorse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Presumably you were familiar with the... The whole Warhorse. I knew a note about it. Um, I was. Um, I did an album a few years ago called The Blast, and um, that was around about the same time as the, these new radio ballads came out, and um, that was that was my very close association with John Tams, uh, um, and John produced this album called The Blast, and uh, we, we we you know became very very close friends, and uh, it was a bit like a, a mutual admi- admiration society. You know, I loved his writing, he loved my singing, and and so we kept in touch and kept in touch. And I was doing a gig uh, in the local village where he lives, and um, he turned up at the end, and we had a, as you do, we had a lock in and a and a drink and a chat, and he said um, he said, can you play the accordion? And I said, no, why? And he said, oh, it doesn't matter if you kind of play the accordion. Like, so, and, and so but he'd already hooked me by then, you know. And he slowly reeled me in. And um, he said, there's a great opportunity coming up for you in London if you could play the accordion. And I said, well, I can play the piano accordion because I can play the piano. I could probably get it together. He said, Re- really, it needs to be the melodeon. And, of course, the melodeon is an instrument that I've, you know, um, taken the mickey out of people who play it for years and years and years. It'd be in this stupid system of buttons on both ends and different notes when you push and pull it's a mental so anyway I, I asked him what it was and he said it was you know explained about Warhorse and that, that was the first I'd ever heard of it um, and he said that um, he would love to hear me um, singing the songs because he did the songs he wrote all the songs for the play um, and he said he would love to hear me singing them because he said he thought I was the perfect character the perfect voice and, and I had the, the, that, that storytelling through song skill that I've developed over the years. Uh, after that, uh, the next thing was an audition. Um, so I did an audition. So after all that, he said, you are perfect, but you'll have to audition. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he said, you will have to audition because there'll be other people. Yeah. There are other people on the, on the, um, on the team. Mm. He said, you'll get my vote straight away, but you'll have to impress them. So I went down and did an audition in London, and, um, and they offered me the part there and then yeah. on two conditions. One was that I could sing with my eyes open. Um, <laughs> 
because <laughs> you know what we're like, don't, you know, we sing with our eyes shut, don't we, us folkies? And um, and the second uh, condition was that I could learn to play the melodian parts necessary to be in the play um, within six weeks. Sounds quite a big so, task at the end. You had to learn the melodian ever, and you had to learn it in six weeks. It was mental. It was abs- yeah. absolutely. So what did you do? Just lock yourself in a room? I did. Yeah. I, I, also, I mean, presumably I could, with the melodian. Well, I could, yeah. after three weeks, he thought this isn't working. <laughs> I, could, I could, I could, read music, you know, uh, yeah. but but it, it was useless to be able to read music on a melodian because I don't, yeah. I didn't know how it, how it all worked, what the system was. So basically, I locked myself in a room. You're right with the with the soundtrack and the melodian. And I just picked my way through it all, and, and, and you know, it was a nightmare, really. It was the worst nightmare I've ever had, but um, came up the did other you end. Have, yeah, sort of nice. Did you have, like, sort of melodian-related dreams? <laughs> you sort of woke up and went, Bush, not Paul, Paul! And it was booing. I'll tell you what I have got. I, 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 I saw them the other day. I've kept them. All the pieces of paper that I had. You know, you can get a, you know, you can get a diagram from the internet of, yeah. of a melodion. Right. Um, yeah. And it's got all the buttons. And yeah. the buttons are all, they're all in halves. And on one half, it's got the note that you get when you pull. Yeah. And on the other half, you've got, it's got the note that you have when you push. And I have got, literally, literally, dozens and dozens of these pieces of paper with marks all over them and, uh, and and tune titles and words and things and and that was how I put it all together I, I just I just sat and just sat and learned it you know and and, and you know the rest is a, a year and a half's worth yeah. of performing in Warhorse you've been doing it pretty solidly haven't you for like what was it yeah, a whole year, 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 and and a half. year and a half you've been it, doing it solidly for 18 months up to last March yeah. and uh, as if that wasn't enough I've just signed up to do another 18 months on the UK tour so what's your kind of your, I mean, your highlights of that whole experience? Uh, every show. Every show is just fantastic because my role as songman is kind of... Uh, I, I, am, I am the essence of the Devon village. Um, I'm a spirit character in a way. None of the other cast can see me, which means that I can wander freely throughout the whole play, um, whether I'm on the battlefield in France, in the trenches, in, in the Devon countryside, I'm just kind of wandering around observing and at various pivotal moments and important um, changes in scene and things, I strike up with a bit of a song, you know, a bit of a song and a bit of a melodion. And It's been full, hasn't it, every single, like, oh, God, sold yeah. out for ages. Absolutely. Well, oh, which is a massive achievement, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, no. Broken records, isn't it? People, I think it's, uh, it's been running for about nine years, I yeah. think, now. And, and they've, they've always said that as soon as the numbers started to fall off then they might do a regional tour and I think at the end they've just, had, they've just had to say oh god you know the numbers are not going to fall off so we might as well do a regional tour <laughs> anyway because again. it's touring everywhere it's touring it's uh, gone over the across the world isn't it it's, uh, it's do... touring in Australia it's yeah. touring it's going to start in Europe it's it's there's a North American tour it, there's a there's a settled um, production in Broadway it's just it's just gone mental are you going to get a chance to do that then Bob the international stuff I can't know? do it because they're uh, because they'll only employ people from those countries. Okay. They've got to. They've got to employ. As soon as I heard it was going to Australia, I put my name down for that because I've been to Australia. I don't know a dozen times over the, you know, over the last twenty years doing festivals and, and tours and things. So I'm quite well known. Now they had to employ an Australian. Fortunately, they've got a really good Australian doing it. They've got John Thompson, um, you know, from Cloud Street. Oh, okay. John and Nicole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've got John, who's, you know, if they couldn't have me, then he's the next best thing. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, should we hear another... Does anyone have any questions before we have another song from Bob? 
Ja. Vi kör med det sång vi bara. Ja, vi ska gå. Ja. Ja. Coach, yeah. and I was the Jordy. I was the Jordy dialect coach because the Jordy character. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so you're speaking. Is, is Bob speaking Devon uh, Devon Jackson? Yeah, well, that, that, yeah. Oh, we must hear it then. We must hear it then. Yeah, let's hear. Maybe we should. Your Devon accent, though. Um, um, I'll do a little bit of the Devon accent. Go, go, go. Yeah, go on then. Fading away like the stars in the morning Losing their light in the glorious sun Thus shall we pass from this earth and its toiling Only remembered for what we have done Excuse me, everybody Only remembered <laughs> Only remembered <laughs> Excellent So uh, what's, what's the next song you want to play? The last song you want to play for us? I'm going to try this little thing on you. This is a, something I've been working on, and uh, it is one of the songs from Warhorse. It's uh, um, there's a song that John Tams wrote called "The Snowfalls," um, and it's uh, it's about the year turning round again, and it's uh, about the change of seasons and, and the passage of time. And every time someone arrives on the scene to sing this song, it uh, it signifies. The, the moving on of about five years in time, um, and and I only ever get to sit in the play. I only ever get to sing a little verse at a time, but I've put it all together in what I hope is proper chronological order and a guitar accompaniment. <sighs> oh joy! <laughs> the melodian in Australia is, is completely the opposite, isn't it? When you you pull in England, it's actually right. pushing Australia. I That's it, exactly. Yeah. cuts through like the reaper the old year lies withered and slain and like barleycorn who rose from the grave a new year will rise up again and the snow falls the wind calls the year turns round Sun. Till then, put your 
It's at, it's at the thinking stage at the Do you know moment. what you're going to call it? Is it I'm going to call it The Year Turns Round Again. Oh, yeah. In fact, I might even call it Songman, The Year Turns Round Again. Mm-hmm. And you can put the year in brackets? Yeah, maybe. Angular yeah. ones or square ones? Mm, What's your preference? I haven't thought about it yet. You know. It's a question. I think we should ask every single guest that. Angular brackets or square no, no, brackets? I don't think it'll be in brackets. I think it'll be no. just Vidash. in a slightly different font. Okay, well, and you've got a favourite font, Bob? I have got a favourite font. Questions, I think. You, just, you don't get asked this on uh, no, Mike no. Harding and Mark Radcliffe, do you? I, I'm not letting you into that secret. You're not. Fox's fonts, that could be a, a feature. Fox's fonts. Actually, I might, I might call the album that. <laughs> Fox's fonts. Back with Bob Fox for the final time on the Young'uns podcast, or at least on this week's Young'uns podcast. I mean, I'm sure we'll be back with Bob Fox, as we say, once a friend of the Young'uns podcast, always a friend of the Young'uns podcast. But first, a couple more Young'uns clips. We're going to be going back to the Beedale Folk Festival for a, a clip there. But before that, back to Chippenham Festival. Hello, Bob. Hello, Freddie. Well, hello, Bob. Bit too late for the touch tour, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> and now, Bob with half an hour on Thatcher. Come on, Bob. <laughs> 
Crazy. As your, as your career moves on, are you going to become the middle-aged ones and the old ones? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, believe it or not, that's the most popular question. I know. <laughs> uh, that's the most popular question we've um, been asked. I think we're just going to be. Are we going to become known as the Wilsons? Yeah. <laughs> or a three-man Bob Fox tribute act. <laughs> There's talks already about him handing over his mantle. Um, if you've never seen his mantle, trust me, you don't want to. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a rubbish name, well, isn't it, really? As long as we tell people the story of why we're called the youngins, because we were the youngest people in our local folk club, and it, it just kind of stuck. We didn't, we didn't really want to be called it. it um, no. Um, and we, and, and we if we knew... Rid of it. Yeah. Um, Difficult to know what to call ourselves, yeah. really. still the youngest. Sorry? Are you still the youngest? By at least 50 years, yeah. my friend. I'm going to show you of that. Yeah. But no, there are a lot of people. We so you, Bob, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but we wouldn't swap it for anything, you know. We, we feel they're lucky to be to have stumbled across folk music when we did, when we were in our... Well, it could have been very different, couldn't yeah. it? We'd gone to a drum and bass club or something like that. We could have been doing jungle. We're not talking like this. <laughs> we saw a bit too much of Bob Fox in the green room. Uh, oh, goodness, yeah. Yeah. We walked in. Was the only thing that was green, everybody? Yeah. Yeah. So we nearly saw his warble. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's, that's, that's by the by, but, uh, he's not just a song man, he's a thong man. How's <laughs> 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 the with the have good crack when you see Bob Fox, everyone? And with that rather undignified thought, we head back for the final time to our interview with Bob Fox. <laughs> when I came down to uh, see you in Warhorse, it was mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. You told me that you spent most of your spare time between singing, sat on the tube, watching uh, TV. Yeah, I do. And so we thought we could maybe ask a question, uh, what does Fox prefer to watch on the box? Fox on the box, <laughs> yeah. Fox on the Fox box. On the box. Uh, what has been your TV highlight over the past year? A, vari- <laughs> a variety of programmes. I do tend to like to... Um, to wait until the whole series of something, anything, is over, like six episodes of Birdsong or, yeah. or um, you know, something like that, something interesting, something meaty, and then I just watch them all one after the other. Um, but also, if, you know, if, if I don't feel in heavy, um, you know, heavy drama mode, I'll, list, I'll watch something like Mock the Week, uh, or I did, I did really like the first few series of Not Going Out. Do you not like with, the last one? With Lee Mack. No, I don't like him without Tim Vine. I think, oh, I think it's worked quite well, actually. I think it's really... Right, that's it, Bob. Come on, let's have a fight about this. Really poor. Take your shirt off, it's sir. It's really poor without Tim what? Vine. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 he, no. He was, he was, he was the foil, you know. He Does was... anyone else sing? Yeah, yeah. I agree with Bob, yeah. Do you know, yeah. Yeah. what do you think? Can you feel free much, to disagree with Bob? <laughs> You've not seen the last ones? No, no, I have seen the last ones. I have seen the last ones. Do you think they're good? Do you think you enjoyed them? Nah, there's something oh. a bit unbelievable about him and that young blonde wife he's got. Lucy, some wife is dodgy, I mean, he wants her to be his wife. I think it's working really well. I, I mean, well, I think they've brought, in, they've brought in Bobby Ball um, to kind of replace oh, yeah, um, Tim Vine in a way. Bobby Ball had a few cameo roles in the film. Oh, what I mean, who's Bobby Ball? You know, Cannon and Ball. Clay knew, though. Lee Mack's dad. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, he's been in before, though. He has been in before, doing a little bit of a cameo, but he's in it a lot more now since Tim Vine disappeared. And I'd, yeah. yeah, well, he's good. This is Tim Vine went to do Barton just because he went to do Christmas Panto. Oh, did he? Oh. Yeah, how ridiculous is that? Have you got a chance to be in a sitcom or do Panto? Yeah. I love, his, I love his stand-up. His stand-up routine's fantastic. Have you seen Tim Vine? Yeah, Brilliant. yeah, very Brilliant. quick, isn't yeah. it? Just unbelievable. Pun, pun after pun. Yeah, just unbelievable, so, yeah. Oh, is that you, David? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you had any... Any kind of exciting offers come off the back of Warhorse then? Have you any uh, any um, 
The kind of office where you can talk about, basically. Yeah, <laughs> not, not that kind of thing. Thanks for that. Any spin-offs? I was going to start the folk group called The Spin-offs, um, but I thought it had been done before. Uh, oh, no, that was The Spinners, wasn't it? Um, I think uh, the, only, the only real offer I had was to be in a play in... Um, Newcastle, but I couldn't do it because I had loads of gigs. Because yeah. I organised loads of gigs, yeah. um, so really the only the best offer I've had is to is to go back into Warhorse to be in the Warhorse UK tour, and of course to be on the Youngers podcast, and to be on the Youngers. Yeah. Sorry, of course, that's, that's a given. That's that's you know that's under, that's understood. Does anybody listen to it? Apart from, uh, apart, from <laughs> apart from you three, when you get home, <laughs> one or two, we get, that's what it is. Actually, I do worry sometimes. I mean, yes, the answer is yes, no, but yeah. <laughs> It's just a thing that we like to amuse ourselves with. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll do it again. We pretend we've got a... An alternative to go to the pub. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, there's got to be one. No, we do often... We do actually think this when we're like, listen, because Michael always tries to p- put it on in the car and stuff, and we start to deconstruction it and stuff like this, and laughing at our own little comments <laughs> and things like this. <laughs> so we're probably the only people who are laughing at this in the car. I mean, because I like to say hello to you, Michael. For goodness sake, keep to the left, Michael, for goodness sake. There you are. <laughs> Sean Gundy, did you have to leave that smell, for goodness sake? We're going to need this car for three hours, for goodness sake. So really nothing's changed over the years since I've been on the road. (laughs) Exactly. I'll tell you, the only thing that's changed is that if you had time to kill in the old days, you went to the pub and drank as much as you could before it was your turn to sing. Oh, that hasn't changed. Well, it has for me. I I now drink loads of cups of tea. I was going to say... And look for somewhere nice to to sit down and have a rest. How has folk music changed then? Is it like any particular thing? Has it changed for the better? Has it changed for the worse? Are you ambivalent and just getting on with what you do? Uh, Well, I'm, I'm ambivalent and getting on with what I do but um, it has changed yeah. because it has now um, it has now completely uh, branched you know there are now two complete branches one of which is open to uh, all the new young artists because they're creating it themselves yeah. um, and it's not open to me because I'm too old for it uh, it might be open to you I don't know but you know uh, like the full I, I came very much from the full club yeah. The club platform. It's getting less of that, especially with the younger. Well, they're going to disappear because I, you know, the, the one thing I've noticed over the years is to go back to saying, you know, that I was once known as the young and when yeah. I when I used to go to the Devil and Four Club, and 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 Eric Freeman and and uh, Frankie O'Neill and all of those Jimmy Evans and all those people. They invited me up to do my first floor singing and stuff like that, and they always used to introduce me as the young and here's right. the young and you know what I mean. And in those days, the audience was was all their age, you know, like. 30s and 40s and I was in my teens mm-hmm. and then once I became a, a professional artist all my audience with, with Tom McConville with Stu Luckley and then later on solo were always my generation they were always yeah. my age you know and now that I'm in my 60s they're, they're still 60 and over yeah. um, and I think the, the new younger artists have, have created this new scene where they've got their own audience and their audience is following them and their audience won't necessarily come and see the older artists. Mm. Um, um, really? I mean, festivals like this... Festivals are different. Festivals are different. I'm talking about yeah. the general the general day-to-day bread-and-butter gig that you yeah. do, which yeah. is out on the road, either doing the, those new venues that they are creating. There's one in Sheffield, I forget its name now. It used to be... Greystones. Greystones, that's it. Uh, it used to be called the High Cliff in, in, in the days when I did it, the High Cliff. But um, there's, there's a lot of these venues and, and, and you see all the same names playing at these venues yeah, yeah. And, and they're all the younger artists, you know and you never see any of the older ones I mean Martin Simpson maybe yeah. you know, Martin's possibly bridged that gap a little bit but he's probably the only one because yeah. Martin's oh. the same generation as me um, But you're still, I mean you're nominated for folk awards and stuff and still 
played on Radio 2 and that kind of thing, aren't you? No, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a problem for me. That's what I'm saying. I'm, yeah. I'm quite ambivalent to what's yeah, happening right. because, yeah, yeah. because I'm well-established and I'm always going to work. Um, oh, well, don't worry about it, Bob. Don't worry about well, those. I, I Don't mean, worry about those other old geezers. The thing is, the thing is, I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I, I'm going to start a band called The Oldens. Oh. oh, no. Bob, that's where we're going to have to live. On that cringeworthy... Uh, <laughs> 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 Thank you very much, Mr. Bob Fox. You're very welcome. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Well, thank you for listening to this week's Urians podcast, our Bob Fox-themed Jungans podcast. We'll put those clips on our website as well, on the Jungans podcast page, as separate downloads so that you can uh, download those two songs. Next week, we're back to the usual feature-rich Jungans podcast. Uh, we've got live John Ball commentary. Uh, we've got an interview with Sam Pert from the Hut People as we introduce a new feature with Sam Pert exclusive to the Jungans podcast and music from the Hut People as well. That's coming up next week. Uh, we've still got a bit more of this week left. Uh, but first, I'd like to thank Bob Fox for participating in this week's Jungans podcast. I'd like to thank you, of course, for listening. We'll be back next week. But till then, from me, David Eagle, and my fellow Jungans, goodbye. Well done, Michael. You played the guitar quietly there. Thank you. Although what you didn't account for was your knock. Normally you do a little knock, that's yeah. fine. But you didn't hear it. He doesn't swear and he doesn't shout and he went boom. <laughs> what do you know? Scared me. Out those scared me witless, dear, dear. <laughs> Which is very difficult to do before you make any sarcastic comments, maybe. <laughs> right. Okay. You're heckling yourself now. I am heckling myself, yes. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> been a long drive. Um, I'm telling you it's been a long uh, drive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> felt like 17 hours. Yeah, right, so here we go. I had a great time. I got the train down from Manchester. Got loads of work done. You over here, some incredible conversations on the train. There was a woman in front of me talking about cats with Parkinson's disease. <laughs> <laughs> it's inspired a new song. Yeah, it's a, it's a new album, by the There's not much that rhymes with Parkinson's, but we'll give it a go. Well, I don't mean to. No, it, no it, it, but what, what was funny about it was it suddenly zipped from that to so it was just really bit. She was dead cross with us. Really, really sad. The old the poor, the poor cats, and I just had to cry. And then we saw the Pope. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> he just came whizzing by on his Pope beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what you see in that RSPCA centre, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, St. Francis was the patron saint of animals, too. Oh, I suppose, yeah, yeah. But uh, we're really pleased to, to be invited down here. It's our first visit, and uh, people have been wonderful. When you were stuck in traffic, I was getting picked up from the train station by the, the woman who runs the B&B. Oh, wow. Fantastic, oh, man. Not in that set, I mean picked up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, her husband doesn't know, does he? Absolutely. <laughs> He'll get the train more often, won't you, man? Oh, no, you go separately, that's It's absolutely fine. <laughs> Oh, my partner's visually impaired, she, she won't know, or he won't know, I should say. I, who knows? Who knows? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a modern folk singer, Davey. I'm in touch with my... I've got no problems about sexuality. You know, I could be... I could be gay, I might not be. <laughs> well, I hope you know. Sure, I girlfriend knows that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a long night in that double bed, the three of us, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Although I think Sean's uh, 
Sean sleeping with a woman and uh, Jeff, the husband's coming in the lab. I'm not having here after the train. Dear, there was a girlie. Thank you very much. Uh, this is um, Jenny Waits for me, which is a love song from Hartlepool. To be politically correct, we won't tell you too much about Jenny. Um, she could be a transvestite. She might not be, that's all I'm saying. Right. I think we've got a session tomorrow morning. Are you going to do it? Uh, I think it's half eleven. Yeah, we're going to do a meet the youngins. And ten minutes before, we're going to have a touch tour. If you'd like to go. <laughs> <laughs> find, out, find out which youngin has the wettest notes. Uh,